Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and this is Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike Carozza. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez. Good morning, Dr. Mike. The official start of summer is just hours away. Tomorrow is Father's Day, and you return to your clinic this week. How is that new normal at work working out? You know what? It's so exciting to be back. Um, obviously, there is very different. There's a lot of differences. There's going to, where we're taking extra precautions as we need to. Um, but, uh, but it is amazing to be back and to, to help our patients. You know, we're doing the majority of stuff that we need to be doing uh, via telemedicine. And then obviously patients are still, you know, only if they need to come in. And, and the majority of people that come in for their IV uh, intravenous vitamin therapy or uh, if they need uh, an injection of whatnot, but still we're, we're happy to be here for our patients. Um, this is what we're made to do is to help people with their immune system and strengthen their bodies and get them well, right? So I, I'm grateful to be back in practice because you know being out for a little bit, you get a little, you miss it uh, with anything, right? So um, like I said, it's, it's good to be back um, but of course, we're taking the extra precautions. You know, we're not uh, super busy as we were, and obviously when we ended, uh, you know, we started this. But um, taking it slow, seeing very, you know, keeping things to a minimal, uh, but being safe and extra precautious, and having a skeletal structure, which most companies and organizations are doing, and I think it's actually going to be a better model. And then keeping that social distance, and you know, um, normally we would have an IV. Uh, so in an IV room, uh, we would have two patients per room, but now we are segregating the patients in individually. Uh, and then the time in which patients are coming into the office, we have to separate them as well because we don't want to have interactions through the front door. Uh, and then patients are just, uh, they're waiting in their cars and they're calling us when they're here. And then we're telling them when we're ready for them. So there's a lot of changes and it's more new uh, to, to what we've been used to. Obviously, you know, I have a beautiful waiting room with a waterfall, uh, Tina. Uh, it's really nice, uh, but unfortunately right now our waiting room is, uh, is closed uh, and uh, for the better, right? So, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be some differences and there's some changes, but altogether I'm very excited that, you know, myself and, you know, society in general is getting back and then we can find our way back and, 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 and for our purpose and what we're made to do. And just before we take our first break, Dr. Mike, can I ask you, what are you hearing then from your patients who are physically coming into your clinic? Are they glad to be out of the house? Are they happy to at least return to some sense of normalcy? What are they telling you? Well, that's a great question because the people that are that are coming out are saying, thank God you're open. Oh my God, I, I, I've been waiting for you. It's it's amazing. Please, thank you. Oh my God. I, you know, whether they're coming in for their back or they're coming in for their intravenous vitamin therapy, they've, they've noticed that it's unfortunate, but of course, um, you know, during that time off, you know, a lot of patients have noticed, uh, you know, the, the type of care that we've provided them. And so in, in essence, it's, it's almost a, a sense of, uh, you know, a sense to them that they're back and they can get themselves back on track. And so they're really happy. Uh, but for them, they're happy to get out. They, they are happy to get out and, and they're happy to get healthy and they get back on track. Let's face it, you know, a lot of people put on a lot of, a lot of weight during this time. So the majority of my patients who mm-hmm. maybe we were watching their weight, you know, for three months, unfortunately we weren't able to. Uh, and, and a lot of people let themselves go. They've been inside. They haven't been moving. They can't go to gyms. I mean, and it's very difficult to start motivating and get moving. So, you know, we want to just start 
enforcing a lot of people to, or sorry, I shouldn't say the word enforcing, but encouraging a lot of people to go outside and go for walks. The weather is beautiful. Summer is starting. We're here. This is what we need. We need the sun. We need the nice weather because this is where we can actually get our bodies to where we need them to be. So it's exciting. I think patients are happy. Uh, of course, you know, we're being very diligent and, um, you know, I, I don't think that the floodgates are going to be open anytime soon. So for all our patients out there, thank you for your patience for sure. That's why you're called patients. Uh, and, but we're here for you and we're here to support you and, and our community. When we come back, a pediatrician from south of the border with advice for skin conditions. This is Health is Wealth on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Miranda Malasani. Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike is brought to you by Nature's Emporium, your neighborhood health food store offering everything natural and organic. Make it your one-stop destination for freshly prepared meals, clean beauty products, nutraceuticals, and nutrient-dense options in every aisle. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to Health is Wealth. Over to Dr. Mike with today's guest. Dr. Mike. Thank you, Tina. Our guest today is holistic pediatrician uh, who practices in Charlotte, North Carolina, Dr. Anna Maria Temple. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It's such an amazing, uh, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show because I follow you a lot and uh, it's uh, your wealth of knowledge, of course. And you, you. Oh, Dr. Mark, it's so great to be here. I'm so honored to be on the show. And I, I think that the more that we can talk about um, th- the wellness of our children and our families, the more we're going to be prepared to move forward in the current climate that we have surrounding us at the moment. Absolutely. So how are things, uh, how are things now in the U S for you? So what, like, obviously we just got into practice in terms of our phases. I mean, we're in phase two right now. What are you guys like? Cause I know that this, it's quite different in the U S and just wondering if you can share a little bit, of, of what's going on currently with your practice and with the sort of the environment with this COVID-19? Sure. Um, you know, we went into phase one, like you guys did. We went, we started in March. And the nice thing about um, my practice is that we've been doing Zoom and doing telemedicine since the day we opened. So it wasn't um, anything new. It was just the only change we had was changing uh, our well checks, our well babies and well kids to Zoom platform, which actually went, ended up quite seamlessly, no problem. Um, Right now we're in phase three and we're opening up. In North Carolina, we are seeing a rise, but we've been seeing a rise all along in the cases as compared to the Northern states here in the US. Like um, when we look at New York City and New York State, for example, they got hit hard from the beginning. So their case numbers were really high. In North Carolina, you know, we acted like we're New York City, but we are not New York City. So we, we, we can go on like, you know, oh no, here, here comes to us. And I'm like, it's really not, but thanks for trying. And so the numbers have been going up and up. And of course, everyone is up in arms here. But what we're seeing that in March for North Carolina, we didn't have the testing available. You know, it was only available for people that were high risk. And I myself had came down with symptoms of COVID as did my Uh, my children as well. And I went to get tested and they weren't even going to test me because I wasn't serious enough to be tested. And I just had to put forth my, I'm a healthcare worker card. And then they tested me. Um, But it was very difficult to get a test. And now 
you, in North Carolina, anyone can get a test. And in fact, if children go to camp, they have to be swabbed before they can go to camp. So the testing numbers have skyrocketed. And of course, with that, the number of cases has skyrocketed. We are seeing uh, more sick people, obviously, in here as well. But it is really hard to tell. I just overall, I don't feel like we have a grasp on really what's going on because the testing changes, the data changes, the um, the information changes. It's a continuous moving target. And the way I break it down to everyone here and your audience, and I was, we cannot rely on these numbers. You know, the numbers are coming out of China. And with all due respect, they're a communist country. And I grew up in communism. I come from Romania. And I grew up in communism. So I feel like I have some understanding of what that looks like. And I just don't find the numbers that are reliable that are coming out of China. And I don't find the numbers reliable that are coming out of the U.S., depending on all the different states. So what I try to tell everyone, I was like, you know, stop looking at the numbers and focus on yourself and focus on your immune system and focus on you and focus on you control because we keep acting like this, this is happening to us, that health happens to us. We just kind of walk along all day and then out of nowhere we just get hit with an illness you know and out of nowhere we get hit with a virus yeah this virus has taken over the world because we have allowed it our immune system and our garbage lifestyle and i'm speaking for us americans our garbage lifestyle has allowed this virus to ravage us and it's not just a coincidence and that is just the worst virus ever it's not we're the sickest ever so the numbers are all over the place. The information all over the, over, all over the place. The CDC and the World Health Organization are all over the place. And so the only thing that I can control and I can work with my people is understanding what we can do to our bodies to defend ourselves against this illness. And Dr. Temple, I know that Dr. Mike is going to talk specifically about today's focus and what we're going to focus on the show. But I do want to ask you your thoughts on wearing masks in public. So here in Ontario, there isn't um, a blanket rule yet uh, that you must wear masks wherever you are. There are certain uh, municipalities, there are public officials who are calling for masks to be worn at all times. We are still restricting the number of people in our social circle uh, here in Ontario. What do you think about those practices and is that happening where you are at all? That's so funny that you bring that up because right now North Carolina is contemplating mandating masks for everyone because our numbers are on the rise. So that's perfect timing. Uh, I find that in you know the asymptomatic folks are not really spreaders of disease, and especially children have been shown in the different literature that they're not vectors of the disease when they looked at who's coming. So. Um, my take on it, if you're um, asymptomatic, the data on the mask, I think is very sketchy. I don't think that we have good data. If you're sick, if you're in the healthcare field, if you're in a healthcare situation, that has been shown to help. And of course, is the N95 that is helping, not necessarily the surgical masks. Now, the surgical masks do provide a little bit of a barrier. So we can't say that there's absolutely no thing. But my question always becomes, I'm like, so we put a mask on, you're asymptomatic, you're trying to walk in the nature and you're just breathing your own carbon dioxide the whole time because how nasty are the masks? I mean, I'm just saying. And then the kids just touch their faces all the time. And so I think I have very mixed feelings, but if I go into a store and the store mandates a mask, it's no big deal. They're trying to carry on a business. So I'm doing it as far as protecting me. 
I do not rely on a mask to protect me. I don't think that that is useful. I do think it's useful to decrease the number. So in the traditional practices around here where doctors were seeing 30 patients a day, you're no longer allowed to do that. You can only see half the patients, which is awesome. When you go to the store, there's half capacity, which is awesome. So I think decreasing the amount of people around you is much more effective than these masks. And my other issue is that we don't have a policy that everyone is following. You know, if I go to the mall, I go into one store where they want me to wear a mask, fine. But then I go next door and no one's wearing a mask. And I just find that completely ridiculous and preposterous because we're either going to do it or don't do it. So because the data is mixed, we're seeing that people are doing mixed stuff. And I think we're just confusing the picture because we're giving the message. Here's one more thing you can do from the outside to protect yourself. Instead of spending time, what can you do from the inside? So. I have mixed feelings on the mask, symptomatic people, high-risk people, keep your mask on. For the rest of us, I don't find them that they're that useful. And I want to make a comment, actually. You know, as a board-certified pediatrician, um, we had, uh, so we're home to one of the best uh, hospitals for, obviously, the Hospital for Sick Children, which is here in uh, Toronto, which is one of the best hospitals uh, in, in the world for kids. I'm sure you know it quite well. They put out a statement, which was really interesting um, yesterday or the day before, um, just this week, actually. And, and the statement they made is interesting. It's, it's discussing about, A, they believe that schools should get back, number one. And they also mentioned about that masks should not be worn by children in the schools. And I think as to your point, um, because they're saying that there's a more detriment coming to the mental illness of these children, as you know, and you've seen, uh, as a result of this COVID-19, and I think it's a, it's, it's, it's coming down. And, and, you know, and many people, many docs talk about the consequences of being in a lockdown, the consequences of not having that social interaction. And actually, you know, you mentioned it and you talked about diet and lifestyle. Let's face it. I think, you know, coming out of this COVID-19, I think there's going to be more illnesses related to diabetes and heart disease and depression than any of the COVID. And just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, Dr. Temple. Gosh, I am so excited that that statement came out. I'm totally going to look it up because it speaks to exactly what I believe. And you know, we always gravitate to what <laughs> what speaks to our beliefs. But um, but I 100% agree because we in the U.S. are dead set so far on having kids wear masks in school, making sure they don't touch each other, taking away recess, making sure the school cafeteria food goes away and the kids get packaged foods. So back to more processed foods. But to your point, one more thing about the U.S., we are in a racial unrest right now with all the riots going on. So what, I usually, what I'm telling people, I was like, you know, we walk around and we have riots of thousands of people because we are segregating from color, white and black. And now we're going to go into schools and now we're going to teach our children to segregate from everybody. Because we're, now we're using color and that's not right. That is not right. And we're going to take it one step further. And now, you know, when, when I was young, it was like, oh, don't hang out with so-and-so because they have cooties. You know, it was like cooties was the thing going around it, uh, here. And now we're like legit saying that kids have cooties. And when the teacher is going to be in classrooms, like, oh, well, you know, you got to wear your mask because people can have cooties. You can't touch them because people have cooties. You know, they could have COVID. But I'm saying we are going to send a message to these very young brains that people around us are bad. 
people around us have things that they're going to give us that are not welcome. And that is a very long, lifelong, psychological, detrimental situation we're setting up because we're looking at adults, right? So adults can wear a mask and they can segregate and we can keep it together, kind of. I'll argue that we're not that good either. But a five-year-old, to tell a five-year-old that they can't touch their friend or share toys or please keep your mask on because if you don't have your mask on, you don't know what germs you're getting from your friend. I mean, the children are just going to learn that everybody around them is toxic and sharing is toxic and human interaction is toxic and hugs are toxic. I 100% agree. I think we're going to see lifelong consequences, psychological impact from a virus that in children is two weeks of illness at most, the majority of the time. There are some severe cases. There have been fatalities. That is so incredibly rare. But we are going to put so much detrimental damage on our children if we are not paying attention because we're afraid of a virus that for most children, it's just feeling unwell, cough, you know, perhaps pneumonia, which is not killing them. You know, I just got goosebumps by that. And I just, uh, you know, I just, it's, it's your heartfelt, I can tell, like, I mean, you're just speaking from your heart and what your belief. And of course, you know, it, it, it just, you just feel for a lot of, you know, I got some young kids at home, of course, they're, they're uh, seven and nine. So, you know, trying to tell my little guy that he can't play with his friends and, you know, can't hang out or give his buddy a high five anymore. Um, yeah, I, it, it's, it's already been a challenge. And I think this is going to be a very difficult one come September. And I don't know if anyone else are ready for this, but, um, but I thank you for your thoughts. And, and, and of course, I want to get into the, the show and, and how could we avoid this huge topic though, right, uh, Dr. Temple? I mean, it's, it's so big. Um, but what I want to get into, uh, just of course, we'll talk about it briefly, is our skin is our largest organ. And this is our biggest organ and our largest organ in our body. And I see a lot of skin cases and I love your, and I, you know, I, I follow you of course on Instagram and you got some really good data and, and uh, I was definitely, definitely checking out things like your courses and, and your skin section that you, that you really focus on. And of course, youngsters, you know, get affected by this. And, you know, the thing about skin issues and why I wanted to tackle skin issues in my practice is because, you know, it actually affects people in a very different way, especially at a young age. It's different than maybe like obesity where you'll maybe get fun of. It's like you actually are, are ashamed of yourself. And, and we're talking about self-esteem. We're talking about youngsters that would, you know, whether it's acne. So, you know, there's the major ones that are acne, eczema, and psoriasis, which are really big ones. But what I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, a lot of this is caused by food intolerances and, and, and sort of, you know, dietary interventions. And, and so I wanted to have your take on that because I know this is right up your alley and I know you'd love talking about this. So, um, over to you. Oh, oh, I could talk about skin all day. All day. And, but you're totally right. I know in the, I'm trained as a traditional pediatrician and in the traditional model, we are taught, you know, uh, how to diagnose skin. So, oh, do you have psoriasis and do you have keratosis pilaris and do you have eczema and do you have acne? And then it's like, what cream can you put on said skin issue in order to make it better? And that's how I was trained. Nowhere in my medical training do I recall that somebody said, you know what? It may be the food that the people are eating that become causing the skin issue. I can't remember. I, I I mean, I remember a lot of, you know, my Krebs cycle and all the other stuff you would think that if it happened, I remember. And I said, when I started studying functional medicine and I did, because actually my children were plagued by eczema, asthma, 
ADHD, seasonal allergies. I mean, you name it. I tried to make sure that my children had chronic disease, all three of them. So I could practice upon them functional medicine and then they got better. And I was like, oh snap, there's a different way of doing this. And what I learned that when we look at the skin, that tells us what their gut looks like. So rather than looking at the skin and going, oh, what lotion is like, oh, that's what your insides look like. And that is really concerning to me. A lot of times what I'm hearing from the mamas coming to me is like, oh, but we're told that we're going to outgrow it. Really? Because one in five children now has chronic eczema in the, in the U.S. In 1970, it was one in 15. So how are we all growing this? Because I'm seeing that the problem is getting worse and worse. And we know in the traditional model that we tell parents, ah, well, this is part of the allergic march, which means you get eczema and then asthma and then seasonal allergies. And I will venture to argue that after that comes anxiety and ADHD because they're all interrelated. And eczema is really hard, but also my favorite because eczema is hard because the kids bleed, they hurt, there's pain. Every day the mamas get up, they look at their bleeding child. So that is for a mom is just like gutting. It just rips your heart out. When you have a ADHD and an impulsive child, there's times throughout the day you forget because maybe they're reading a book and they're not in your face and being annoying. But with eczema, even when they're not annoying, and I have three kids, so I just call my kids annoying. So nobody be offended. Um, let's be honest, kids are annoying. And so they, um, but when they're around, they're always bleeding and they're always scratching and you see it. And when you visually see pain, it is absolutely horrifying. And then the other children get to see the kid that has eczema. So then of course they're pointing to them. When a teenager's face is covered in acne, his friends see it. So it is a visual that the whole world sees. So the whole world can see that there's something wrong with you. When you have ADHD, eh, some of the world can see, but not all the world, you know, with eczema, everyone. And so that makes it 10 times more difficult um, to deal with a skin issue. There's certain vitamins, there's certain things people can do, right? So, I mean, identifying the foods, what's triggers, that's important. I mean, we talked about that, but they're also a, a key nutrients. I mean, and the one thing I love about what you do and, and how you preach uh, as a nutritional scientist as well, part of my forte is, is diet and nutrition. I mean, that's huge. And I, and I love it that it's a, it's a big part of your practice. And look, we love to supplement patients and we love to give patients vitamins and, and minerals and supplements, but we want to give it to if, they're, if they need it. For the most part, people can get it through their diet. And, um, and, but there, there are key supplements and nutrients that are going to be ex like extremely important for people. And maybe we can just uh, touch base on that, on what key vitamins are, are, are really good for sort of skin. Sure. Sure. And, um, the, I want to do really quickly on the allergy test that you're talking about. I did the same allergy test. And I think in the traditional model, uh, cause I want people that are listening to be cautious with this In the traditional model, we go to the allergist and they do they do allergy testing, if you can talk them into it for eczema, and it's IgE only. So it's only one part of the immune system that they test. And then they say, oh, you have an egg allergy or dust mold or just one thing. And then that's it. There's no other talk. And so these people are struggling forever. And then they come see either you and I, we do a full panel and all of a sudden all these other things come up and the parents are so upset. They're like, well, we didn't know. I wish I knew it was gluten, for example. And so I just want people to be cautious that 
that in the traditional model, it is only one branch of the immune system that they're testing. And we need the whole immune system picture in order to understand food sensitivities. And then to supplements, I 100% agree. The first question people always ask me, they're like, oh, you do holistic medicine or integrative? What supplements do you recommend? And my thing, I'm always like, you can never out supplement a bad diet because people are like, oh, I don't want to remove dairy, for example. But I love that. And, well, I'll go ahead and take zinc. Not going to work. It is not going to work. That's So we have to use our food first. But I agree with you. There's When the gut is a mess, it is very difficult to get away with not using any supplements because we got to heal. The other thing people say, oh, well, I'll just get a food allergy test and I'll remove the food and that will make me better. And you and I both know that's not true because there's many components. You got to remove the food. You got to heal the gut. You got to replace them, the bacteria in the gut. You got to rebalance the gut. You got to repopulate. It's like it's a whole system that has to happen. And when the gut's really sick, we often need to help. So for example, things that I often say, I'm like, you know, there's two parts to nutrition. One is the food you give them and then, then you have to absorb it. So often, I'm sure you do too. I have a lot of kids with eczema that are constipated. If you're constipated, your gut's not working and you're not absorbing food. So even if you're eating, let's say zinc rich foods like oysters, your gut is not really absorbing them. You're just pooping out these expensive foods and your skin's not seeing the benefit of zinc. So one of the things that I do work with is with digestive enzymes in youngsters because I want to increase their absorption of these. Obviously, we go food first and then we add digestive enzymes in the kids that need it in order to help them absorb. But there's key nutrients that when I do blood panels, things that are always, and you know, as a doctor, we never say always, but in kids with eczema, these two nutrients are always deficient, vitamin D and zinc. Um, for on the lab test. In nutritionally, when I do nutritional interviews, omega-3s or essential fatty acids are always subpar. We in the US, especially in Charlotte, North Carolina, we're inland, so we don't live on the ocean, so therefore we don't eat a lot of seafood and we're not, as a country, we're not a seafood culture, so we have very few omega-3s in our diets. And also if we look at the American diet, it's all high in omega-6, so our balances are rough. So I would say um, digestive enzymes, um, vitamin D, zinc, and omega-3s are probably the ones that I find as a general rule essential in my patient population uh, when I start, when we start on the journey. And I, and I love that. Thank you very much for sharing that. First, uh, you know, um, I just want you to, for our listeners out there, I want them to just really keep in mind. Uh, th thank you, Dr. Temple. For our listeners out there, of course, we're not making recommendations without you checking with your healthcare professional and practitioner. We're just making in light of just the research and some data that we've seen in our practice, but you need to run this by your medical professional. But of course, Dr. Temple, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, will you come back next week? That would yeah, be like fantastic. This was great. Back. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you back. Um, and so you definitely have some skin uh, seminars and some education. So if everybody, please follow the Dr. Temple. Check her out on Instagram. So where can people uh, get you, Dr. Temple? Where can they reach you? Yeah, I would love to help people. I do a ton of free educational because of my giving back to the community. Instagram is my jam. That's a poem, but um, it is uh, at D R A N A Maria Temple or website, which is drana maria.com. 
And I would love to have you, would love to be able to share with you different bits of knowledge um, because we're all in it. You know, one of my um, attendings when I was in residency always said, every day is a school day. And the day you walk mm-hmm. around going, yeah, I got a hold of this. I know what I'm doing. You should probably rethink it because bad things are about to happen the next day. So mm-hmm. every I approach every day is a school day. There's no crazy ideas. There's just ideas and they, that require investigation. And some work for some people, some don't for, for others. So um, I would love to um, increase the tribe and I would love to join up with, with you so we can spread wellness all around. Wonderful. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Over to thank you, Thank you Tina. so much. Thanks, Dr. Mike. And Dr. Temple, thank you so much for your candor. Dr. Mike, before we wrap up, if our listeners want to connect with you or learn more about Apple Med, where can they find you? So they can check us out on applemed.ca. They can reach us at Apple Med Clinic on Instagram, of course. And uh, they can watch our YouTube videos because we have wonderful individuals like Dr. Temple and we're talking about great things. So thank you. Thank you so much for your candor. Dr. Mike, for this week, previous episodes of Health is Well on 105.9 The Region and Dr. Temple are back next week. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. Looking for a one-stop shop to eat well and live better? Nature's Emporium has it all. 100% certified organic produce and fresh meals made daily. Visit Giuseppe's Juice Bar and Bistro and shop every aisle for nutrient-dense, allergy-friendly groceries to eco-conscious options. We offer clean cosmetics and we have York Region's biggest selection of nutraceuticals. Most importantly, we have a team of health professionals in all four locations to help you on the road to good health. For more information, visit naturesemporium.com.